What's going on, everybody? It's Danny Pomploon, and welcome to another Yogi Misfit Sessions. It is session 85 today. It is end of August. San Francisco actually feels like summer. I feel like I'm on fire right now. Maybe just because we're not used to actually it being so hot here in San Francisco, so I'm being a big crybaby about it. But it's pretty warm, and I don't know, I've been here for five years now, and I feel like it's the warmest it's been in, uh, I don't know, ever since I've lived here, it's definitely getting hotter. But uh, yeah, anyway, today I've got Tim Feldman on the show, and he was such an awesome, but he's got the coolest story, I mean, not the coolest story, because, um, but it's a pretty rad story anyway. Um, he's got a really great story about how uh, yoga came in and uh, helped him out. The, the way that he got into it, like I'm not even going to give it away here. You got to hear the story from him. Um, is super, just like unreal and really uh, and really gnarly. But uh, yeah, he was a pleasure to have on the show. Tim has done a lot for the uh, Ashtanga community. He's really well known in the Ashtanga community, and he's just an overall really cool and rad and awesome human. And I got to connect uh, because I've heard about him uh, through just years of when I practiced uh, Ashtanga, and yeah, and he's uh, he's pretty uh, cool in the uh, the yoga community like that. So yeah, it was great to have him on the show. Um, what else? Oh yeah, don't forget, I would love for you to leave a review. We go through this every single episode. In every single episode, I ask if you could please leave a review. But it really does help the show. So remember that when you uh, leave a review on iTunes, it um, lets other people know about it and it just helps the show grow. And, you know, I'd love to say that uh, the show can sustain itself on its own, but it doesn't work that way. It works by the support of you guys. Um, So you can leave a review on iTunes. There's a little detailed uh, note below. Um, And if you would also like to make a contribution on the show, there's a little link below down to DonorBox. You can do like a one-time contribution or you can do like a monthly reoccurring uh, contribution. And it just goes to help cover the show costs like producing and putting all the images and stuff like that together because uh yeah sadly it doesn't happen out of thin air but uh anyway yeah here goes session 85 all right tim how you doing yeah good thank you very much for having me here danny I'm super stoked to uh, to have you on the show. I've actually I've been following your work for for quite a bit now. You are definitely one of the um, what, do I, what did I call you? I was talking to a friend. I was like, he's like the Ashtanga. Like, what did I, I forgot what I called you. I was like, you're like the modern day Ashtanga. Like, it was like the the Ashtanga, the Ashtanga superhero or yeah. Superman or something. I forgot Getting what it was. Better and better. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim, I have all the questions for you. Like every okay. like. I mean, you've got a really interesting story that I know, um, but I would love for our listeners to hear your story about how you got into Ashtanga. I know it was something, um, something pretty, something really interesting happening, happened in your life, I should say, um, that got you to the practice. So um, I'll let you take it away. Tell us about your story. All right. Um, I assume that you refer to this accident I had when I was yeah. 25. Yep. Yeah. So let's see. Um, when I was younger, I was a dancer. I've been trained as a professional dancer. And um, very early on in my uh, work, I moved to New York City to see if I could make it there. You know, if you make it there, you can make it anywhere. This as is true. Sinatra yeah. says. So, um and I had a good time there, but just briefly, because uh, a friend of mine invited me to his dance festival in Caracas, uh, Festival de Danza Postmoderna. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a week, 
down there, I uh, fell off a mountain. I fell off a ridge of a mountain and fell down six, seven stories way too far. You know, that kind of thing. I should have died that day. I did not by some kind of miracle. But I did break a lot of bones in my body, got scraped up completely and so forth. But I survived. And after two years of... uh, rehabilitation everything from you know surgeries to uh, physical therapy extensive physical therapy i was very lucky my physical therapist at the hospital in denmark you know we have socialized medicine so they assign you uh, a a physical therapist and it's for free um she was she was the assistant uh, physical therapy of the Olympic teams, physical therapist. In oh, wow. You got lucky. <laughs> I got really lucky. So, you know, um, and I was very motivated to get back on my feet and the doctor said I probably wouldn't. Um, I would probably, they said, you'll be able to walk again, but running and stuff you can, and dancing for sure. You can forget about it. We need to give you, give you orthopedic shoes, that kind of thing. But I was very motivated and uh, sometimes uh, my a very kind physical therapist, she was not quite sure what the next step should be. So she would check in with the Olympic PT and uh, little by little um, she would come into the sessions and help me out, you know, and so forth. And she would uh, borrow me some of the equipment that was actually supposed to be only for the Olympic athletes and so forth. And that was a great help. But still I had some really weird um walking patterns i couldn't really control especially one leg was like swinging out like in some weird way and uh, my mom is a uh, alexander technique uh, teacher so she would help me i would get alexander technique probably like once a day (laughs) every second day and uh, i was familiar with the technique because i had studied that while i went to dance school in holland um, so, so I want to pause you for a second. Can you help us understand just a, a little a quick brief summary of the uh, the Alexander Technique? Yeah, so um, the Alexander Technique is named after Frederick Matthias Alexander. Uh, he was an actor in England, uh, I think about 100 years ago. And um, he had some voice issues and he realized that um, if he would maintain a particular dynamic relationship between his head, his neck, and his back, he would not lose his voice. That was his problem. He was losing his voice. He was mm-hmm. reciting Shakespeare and so forth. And um, then he developed this whole thing into a technique and with the philosophical uh, backup from his friend John Dewey, they together created what's today called the Alexander a technique, which is a postural technique, kind of a pre-technique that many uh, dancers use and many actors use and musicians to improve their skills or to overcome small kinks in their um, physicality, I suppose. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you had been familiar with the technique. Your mom was practicing the technique. Mm. Yes, and then you know, by the by the help of her, of her great work, I learned to walk again. So you know, you couldn't really see that the, anything was wrong. Well, that's not completely true. I think for the next ten years, when I was tired and stuff, you you would see a limp. I would still have a limp on on one leg, mm. but uh, that's that is no more. Knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, slowly after these two years of rehab, then I made it back to New York and I got myself a job in a small dance company and I was working there. And then 
uh, I segued into choreography, which had always been my main interest. And I had the great opportunity around 95, 96 to move back to Denmark and get public funding for my work. And I did that for about 10 years and then I let it go. And during this time, I, in New York, I, uh, a teacher of mine uh, over there, dance teacher, was uh, practicing at the Jiba Mukti uh, Yoga Center on Second Avenue. And um, she said, you should come. It looks like you like this stuff. You should come and meet my teachers, which I did. And on the first day, there was a couple of dancers from the Merce Cunningham Dance Company in the uh, group of practitioners. I was practicing right next to William Dafoe, which was my big hero at the time. He just came out with, you know, as a bad boy in Wild at Heart. Maybe you remember that movie? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was in Wings Over Berlin from Wim Benders, and, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't make a wrong move, in my opinion. And there he was right next to me, so I just never looked back. And mm. that was very Ashtanga-based in those days. Still is a little bit, but much more in those days. And um, I practiced that for about five years. And then I ran into Lino Mele from Italy, a certified senior teacher. I practiced also with Lino for five years. He was always talking about Patabi Joyce. Then I started to go to Mysore, practice under Patabi Joyce. And when Patabi Joyce, he passed in 2009, I continued practicing with Sharad Joyce, um, who was also present all these years uh, mm. while I practiced with uh, Patabi. So that's kind of, and still to this day, I practice under Sharadji, and he was just here guesting us. He just uh, uh, taught here in Miami uh, that we organized for uh, for a week. So, yeah, it's going good. That's pretty pretty <laughs> uh, pretty casual story. <laughs> <laughs> Fell off a mountain, did some yoga at the end. <laughs> That's it, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. And now you're up to a lot. I know that you are. You're a part of the Miami Life Center. Um, you are you're the director there, correct? That's correct. So, what does that all entail? Like, what I mean, you do you run the entire program? You do all the programming, all the training, or? Well, we've been in we've been having this yoga shala, my wife Kino McGregor and I, since uh, 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's that like? 12, 13 years, and um, for the first five years, I was teaching Mysore there every day and uh, running the, the school together with Kino and my friend Greg Nardi. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I moved away for a couple of years and I came back. And now I'm kind of like the director, the captain. I don't teach regular classes there. One of the reasons is because the uh, some of our students that we slowly trained over the years, they've become so incredibly good and authorized from MISO and all that. So they are running the show down there like, just with very little input from me. So that is um, really a great uh, opportunity for me just to be like the strategist and look over and make sure that things are going, you know, in the direction that I want them to go. But uh, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. And oh yeah, and Miami Life Center is a a Stanka-based yoga center. We have Stanka classes all day long for beginners, for uh, advanced and for everything in between. Yeah. I have um I have this quote of yours that I want to get into with you and it's oh, the body is uh, and, <laughs> oh <laughs> you let someone get it on paper <laughs> mm. okay first first bad move <laughs> yes never write it down 
Yeah, right. Exactly. No evidence, no evidence. Um, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's under your bio. It's the body is the way to our spirit, uh, to our true self. And that's what the asana is for. Help me understand that and what that means to you. Uh, yeah. So what that means is, uh, it's like drawing upon classic yoga about what classic Hatha yoga uh, is attempting to do. You know, when we first start to do yoga, we probably do it to, uh, for some uh, physical reason usually that we uh, want to lose a couple of pounds or we have back pain or that there's some kind of physical ailment that we try to uh, embitter. And um, then when we practice for a while, usually what what seems to happen to many, many practitioners is that there's something else that opens up, which is, for the lack of a better word, uh, could we could call it a spiritual dimension or an... Uh, very sensitive kind of emotional, mental dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that happens, then there's like some kind of, some changes that begins to take root and seed in us where we s- become more susceptible and kinder to people around us, to ourselves, that we start to be able to figure out um, not only what type of thoughts is going on in us and what kind of emotions is going on in us, uh, what kind of reflections we have to our own actions and all that, other people's actions, but also that we begin to find ways to um, mold and change and adjust our MOs uh, to basically be in more harmony with ourselves Mm. and the rest of the world. And that somewhat becomes a beginning of a little bit bigger picture. And this is why I don't know what to call it. Some people call it spirit. Some people call it spirituality. Some people like the word God. Some people just like to call it nature. I don't know what word you like or the listener is uh, is prefers but yeah, i think everyone's got, everyone's got a different name for it yeah, and, yeah. You know, whether it's divine or god or connection mm-hmm. or source or universe i mean you can call it whatever it's this is the words. thing that's bigger than you yes and and the whole idea is that we get to that kind of very subtle uh, layer within ourselves through the body which in mm. yoga is considered a pretty like unrefined uh, type of existent uh, existence so slowly we move from this kind of physical layer that's built of matter into a layer that is built maybe of thought and emotion. And we move, we surpass that into a layer which is maybe spirit or hmm. soul or God or something. So that's that's the idea. Why Ashtanga? Why, why, uh, I mean, so I was an Ashtanga practitioner for, uh, for a really, really, really long time. That was when I first, when I first started yoga, I'd never gone to a yoga class ever in my life. Yeah. And, um, I was trying to go to impress somebody. Oh, and yes. That's a great way to start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a good, it was, it was perfect. And I went into a, uh, a primary, uh, lead class and, uh, I remember I couldn't walk for like three days after. <laughs> yeah. That's how we usually start. I, I was something like that. Yeah. 
And I, I, I mean, I obviously, I fell in love with the discipline of it. I fell in love with the repetition. Like I knew what I was going to, I knew what I was going to get. I knew what to expect. Um, I still had no idea what I was doing. Uh, you know, for even, I would say the first year, I just kind of, you know, went and showed up and did it. And it, yeah. it wasn't until afterwards, um, you know, where I, where I started to understand, uh, what yoga was. And it was, I think it was like my third or fourth yoga class or something like that. Tim Miller had come and put me into this wow. weird pretzel shape and I, I had no idea who he was. And, and <laughs> I had no idea who he was and didn't really care either. I was just like, okay, sure. I'm bendy. I can do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but why, um, for me personally, you know, why I love Ashtanga and, and, and still, you know, I'll still come back and flirt with Ashtanga is what I like to say. I don't, I don't go to Mysore, um, as much. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I just love the familiarity of it and I love the, um, I love the quiet community of it. I love that we all get to go and do our thing and, you know, and still be there with each other. Although we're, you know, it's kind of like supporting each other from a distance. Um, but why Ashtanga for you and why has it, you know, why have you continued with it and why have you, you know, continued to share the practice of Ashtanga? Why it's, it's a big part of your life. Well, I think personally for me, you know, I started with the yoga style, the Jiva Mukti, the early Jiva Mukti style, which was, is the kind of vinyasa based, uh, class. Uh, mm-hmm. style which is built on Ashtanga yoga it's a moving style and uh, coming from dance it just felt so natural for me to uh, do it that way mm-hmm. and at my, my first experience was that I was able to uh, let go of the whole idea of performing and people mm-hmm. watching me mm-hmm. I felt like I put my little mat down there on the floor my little piece of plastic and then that was my oasis where I could just focus on myself I didn't have a teacher that would, you know, beat me up. I didn't have an audience that would expect certain things from me. So for me, it became a very uh, attractive and meditative place to go. I think from the very from the very beginning, mm-hmm. while still working in a modality of using my body in a in a movement way, which I was uh, used to. And as I continued with that, then. As I mentioned before, then, you know, thing, other things started to happen. I started to have experiences at like of uh, either emotional or, or mental or uh, of a spiritual, spiritual uh, or mystical uh, type mm-hmm. that would make me go, what's going on here? There's more to this than I first thought. Right. And I felt that the way that the uh, Ashtanga Yoga series are, are constructed worked really well for me. Like I really like the discipline. Uh, I can be quite lazy. And if I don't have someone in front of me that says, do this and do that. And sometimes I just don't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to being human. (laughs) Yeah, man. It just becomes more coffee on the sofa and Netflix. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And, and you know, you probably know the Ashtanga kind of takes you out of that a little bit. You can do Ashtanga yoga if you're attached to your sofa. No, there's no way. There's just no way. So I think just for me personal, personally to have uh, that kind of grid to line up with is immensely useful. I think it's a powerful tool for a lot of people as well if they're if they're new to any practice just to have something you know one of one of the reasons you know I love Ashtanga is because of the repetition and yeah. what we forget a lot about and don't get me wrong. Like I'm, you know, I'm a vinyasa based teacher and, and I love it. And I get, I love that I get to play around and change things yeah, up and fun. yeah, it's super, it's a, it's a really good time, but mm. you know, like any, 
you know, physical discipline, whether it's ballet or, you know, any sport, you know, you have these athletes who are doing these same drills and these same, you know, these skills and drills that they're working on to progress over and over and over and over again. And I think sometimes in a vinyasa based class, we can miss that mark where we're not, you know, practicing the repetition and, and letting the body memorize it. And this is one of the things why I love, you know, about Ashtanga and you see it in a lot of Ashtanga practitioners as they're extremely strong because of the over and over and over and over discipline, you know, they get to do the thing until they get it, you know? I, I, I think you're right on there. The whole idea is that, that these movements are difficult. And if we want to um, get a little deeper into understanding from a physical and an intellectual uh, side, if we want to understand what we are doing, if we want to get anything else that uh, you could say superficial uh, idea of what it is, you need to do it again and again and again and again. Now, as you say, like what I can sometimes uh, miss a little bit uh, coming from uh, being a dancer before and working with art and creativity and, and movement in, in space, I can sometimes, you know, uh, miss a little bit of creative spark. It's like, oh, could I do another kind of Sunamaskara? And then instantly the other side of me says, no, you cannot do that. That's a Vigasa thing. It's very bad. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and then I just do my five fives, Sunamaskara, and then that's it. Do you ever uh, do you ever find yourself teaching a vinyasa class just for fun so that you can tap into your dancer side? No, you know I think I've lost it over these what's that fifteen years. I, like that 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 doesn't come up so much. It's more like sometimes my own body when I practice I feel like couldn't I shake this thing up? But as soon as I start to shake it up, then I kind of lose my whole practice. So I just you know I'm not I'm not good enough to let it go like you are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least you know what you're going to get every single time. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's true. <laughs> what do you say to uh, to some of the listeners out there that maybe haven't practiced Ashtanga before and maybe are interested in doing it? Well, give it a try. You know, if you're curious about it, then uh, try to find the best teacher in your vicinity. Uh, do a little research, figure out who that is, and then give it a try. Um, I would say you, like, in our yoga center in Miami, we say, you must commit to at least one month, at least three times a week. Mm. And the reason for that is, is because usually we have, a student has the experience that both you and I had. We took one class and beat up for a week. Right. And that has to do with that, that certain muscle that needs to get a little stronger. The mind needs to familiarize itself with it a little bit. We need to get a little more used to what it is. And so there's a little bit of a hurdle in the beginning. But as we've been practicing for a couple of weeks, we start to very clearly see the benefits. So, um, but we don't necessarily see that the first class or the second class. So I would say throw yourself into it, uh, hit over tail or whatever it's called for a month and then take a decision whether this is something that you think is for you or if you want to let it go and go have coffee with me on the sofa instead. <laughs> <laughs> Go get your Netflix and go eat your coffee and call it a day. Yeah, so much easier, man. <laughs> so much, so much easier. If, so on, much. if only we could do that and still get the health benefits from everything else. Yeah, that would be the day. That would be awesome. I think that's the next thing that we got to figure out. We got to figure out, Tim, is how do we figure out to get all the benefits while we drink coffee and watch Netflix? 
Yeah, I don't know. That's going to be someone that writes a thesis on this soon. So just wait, it'll come. We uh, will, we'll, it'll be the next big yoga school. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> We'll call it, we'll call it the mellow life center. <laughs> yeah. You know, someone brought up to me, like we have Miami life center. It's called, M- we usually call it MLC. Mm-hmm. And someone asked me, is that for midlife crisis? And I said, yeah, that could be maybe. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I always tell people there's two things that'll ruin your life. It's yoga in the best way possible. It's yoga and therapy. If you really, yeah. if you want to yeah. go learn about yourself, go do some yoga and go to therapy. That's for sure. That's, <clears throat> That's awesome. going to be repercussions from that. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, the be- I mean, the best things in the world happen when you go and you reflect. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Well, thank you, Tim, so much for coming on the show today. You're, yeah. I mean, you're such an inspiration in, in, in your practice and in your teaching and you likewise. are just, you are, you're doing so much in the world and, and, uh, yeah, you're just, you're the amount of study that you've done. I know as a practitioner is just mind blowing to me. And some of the people that you've got to practice with is just mind blowing to me. So it's an honor and a pleasure to, to have you on the show and to, uh, to hear you chat about your passion. Well, let me thank you right back. I think it's amazing that you're doing this kind of show and uh, interviewing people and let everybody tell their story. And today it's me. I think there's a lot of use for that, use to that. So uh, that's your in itself. So thank you very much for that, Danny. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I'm on a mission to spread this word. I think the more people and the more people that are doing yoga and practicing yoga and hearing about yoga, the, the world will be a better place. I agree about that. So until the next Yogi Mis- Misfit Sessions, this is Danny and Tim saying peace out. Peace out.